For years, I just dreaded going to the dentist. But at Advanced Dentistry, I don't have to. First and foremost, they want you to feel comfortable when you walk in. Like, you'll feel it. Whereas in the past, I might have gone into the dentist and thinking, I might feel some pain at some point. But with IV sedation, it can be something that you don't dread. If you've been avoiding the dentist because of fear, worry, or just not wanting to be judged, you're not alone. Visit NoFearDentist.com to learn how IV sedation can change your life. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help ease your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's ruined. Oh, hello. Welcome to Ruined, a podcast where we ruin a horror movie just for you. Just for you. I'm Hallie. And I'm Allison. And we're at it again. Hallie, I, if people are watching this on video, they can see that you're um, positioned differently in front of your camera. What's yes, going normally, on? Normally I look normally like I'm you're standing like really, up. Yeah, normally it looks like you're at like a treadmill desk. Um, right. at, or like on a treadmill with a regular desk. And now it looks like you're underground. <laughs> Um, yeah, I am uh, having uh, just moved earlier today because I loved to record this you move on a lot. day I've moved. Um, that's true. It has been a year, but it, it yeah. seems like it's every day. And our famously, our first live show, I think, yes, was the day I, last time I moved last August. Yes, and um, you know, I'll tell you, I, I'm not sitting on a chair. I'm sitting on a big pile of laundry because nice. the chairs are in the back of the moving van. So. Um, literally, they're just moving uh, right now. But hey, what can you do? I'm I mean, not not enjoying it. No, you're. It seems fine. Um, I, Elsa, how you doing? You look like you're sitting pretty. I'm sitting in a chair. So I'm got a well, leg up on it. you. There, there you have it. News I mean, of the world. Sitting in a chair. Lap of luxury compared to me. Oh yeah, I mean you're in the lap of laundry. Okay, okay. I okay. am enjoying a delicious. And this is a. If anyone Ooh. cares to sponsor, I'm drinking a Dr Pepper. And cream soda, zero sugar. And you're like, that sounds disgusting. And it is, but in a delicious way. Yeah. Cream soda used to be like a real Mm -hmm. treat that like as a kid, Mm -hmm. I remember getting like, I was like, soda was like very much allowed in our house. We were a soda Mm -hmm, house. mm -hmm. We had soda. I'm still a soda person. I love the soda The truth comes out. I love Diet Coke. But when I was younger, I liked, you know, regular Coke and Sprite and like here and there as like a treat cream yes. soda would kind of show up and that would be like which is so um, funny to think about now cuz like cream so- vanilla sodas but it's just like what am i drinking i mean it, cream soda it, it, it crushes incredible it's so good um there's in uh, i believe it's eagle rock there is like a weird soda store i have not been there but apparently it has like any kind of soda you want yes. and i do want to see what have my eyes opened and I, I was recently like, um, you know, uh, hang out um, Dave's son, with Dave's son, and I'll tell you the the lure of a root beer to a pre school age child. Mm, I bet. And I was like, that's so interesting because I remember loving root beer as a kid too. It's like, oh right, of course it's non caffeinated. That's yeah. why we were drinking, you know, orange oh. soda, grape soda, root beer, cream soda. None of them are caffeinated, so a child oh, could actually drink them. Yes, I see. I did not love root beer growing up. I loved. Regular Coke. Um, Would you drink a root beer now? Or are you? No, it's not. I don't love super sweet beverages in general. And it really is. Like, I don't put sugar in my coffee. Diet Coke is not sweet. It's chemicals. I'm sorry. It's it's acidic (laughs) or basic. I don't know. It's dissolving our teeth if that's what we're talking about. Yes, that's what it's doing. But, um, you know, even cocktails, I'm not like a sweet juice. And there should be more person. savory cocktails. I will say, uh, recently I had a Bloody Mary. I'm not uh, a Bloody Mary person, but there's I, the older really I, hits the I spot. do. I don't necessarily want a super sweet drink, so I, I think having a. Like fun I don't want cocktail. a mimosa. Ever. No, I'm not at this point. No, I, I want a glass of champagne. champagne. Yeah, with a drop of orange juice in it. I would. Sure. I enjoy that. No, I love. Or I want a glass of orange juice and a glass of champagne that I will right, consume yeah. separately. I agree. Like, they do have, like, boozy shakes. It's like, well, that's, first of all, that's a trip to Diarrheaville if I've ever heard one. It's like, well, <laughs> it's like or I could have a delicious milkshake and then separately later have a drink yes. and enjoy both of them, not combine Sep- them and be like, it yeah, barely tastes like alcohol and also it ruins the taste of milkshakes. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I, I agree. I, I like 
I like alcohol. I like the taste of alcohol. I like enjoying the alcohol drinks that I consume. I also like a lot of other beverages, and right. I want to enjoy that. Like, I would never mix Diet Coke with anything. I I don't even— Because I love what it. What would that even— it Right, like, if I'm going to have a cherry Coke, I'm going to have a cherry Coke at the movies, like a fountain yeah. drink. Yeah. I, I wouldn't get I mean, a I'm, diet cherry Coke. Like, what are, we, what are we doing? No, no. Do they even make that? I couldn't tell you. I have no idea. Um, but we'll, we'll get into it. I, I, I'm sure you even loved our soda banter. Um, yeah, I mean, look, and we contain multitudes. These are the little things that get us through the day. And that sort of ties into the movie that we're doing. We're kicking off uh, this month's theme, which is Haunted Houses. Um, and recently, I, I think we realized, like, we hadn't done a Haunted House movie in a while. What would be the Haunted House movies that we've done, now that I'm trying to think about, like, when um, was the house the problem? Well, I would say Hell House, for sure. Hell that house. was a big, pro- it was a hotel, but that yeah, was, boy, that was a problem. Um, and then I don't know if, in my mind, um, the House of the Devil, now, it wasn't the house's mm. fault, but it was very much a house-centric yeah. horror. I feel like Sinister is, like... Yes, okay. Close? Yes. It's, like, more, like, real estate than it is just a specific <laughs> house. But there's, like, isn't it, like, the houses that yes. people move into become the thing? So I do think that there's something that very housey about Sinister. And see, uh, Poltergeist. Like, yes, technically yes. she could have gotten that pol- Poltergeist somewhere right. else. But it was because that, um, you know, the development was built over, of course, a desecrated Native American grave, grave site. So um, they kind of got what was coming to them, yeah. uh, if oh. you recall that film. And Sabrina, our producer, suggested also The Night House. Oh, my God, yes. The Night, ha- Night House, great film. And then um, Cabin in the Woods, which I guess would also qualify. I don't know if I would consider, ca- in my mind, Cabin in the Woods is they're playing on, like, a slasher film. Like, the house is not yeah, haunted just at all. to be. But I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it under advisement. And the night house, it's funny because, like, it's sort of like he was trying, he was essentially building a haunted house. You know what I mean? Like, yes. they had their house, and then the night house was like, he was building this other house that I was still for bad. Think uh, yeah. About that movie, which I didn't even see. You just told me about it, but I did see in the, a clip in the trailer, which we definitely talk about in the film, which is when she sees the other house and that she sees that the um, address is the numbers backwards. That's a chilling moment. It's um, it's just like a perfect um, movie in which it's sort of like, to me, a lot of compelling supernatural films rely on a sense of reality that's close to like a fairy tale. Yes. Where you're like, it's close enough where you're like, I feel like this is hitting some part of my brain that where this feels familiar. And that mm-hmm. I feel like Nighthouse did a really good job of that. And if you are a, a Patreon subscriber, we uh, for the month of September, we are doing... Um, uh, Rebecca Hall, star of The Night House, we're doing her yes. latest film, Resurrection. Uh, yes. It's available on streaming, and so if you are a horror fan, please go out and watch that one before listening to the episode. And if not, uh, we got you covered because it's pretty weird and yeah. grisly. Um, and again, phenomenal. Phenomenal. Great uh, I just want to see this woman be terrorized. Uh, couldn't recommend it higher. Um, speaking of being a terrorized, uh, let us begin. We are yes. doing a oft-requested movie, and then we have, it's, it's of time. course, Paranormal Activity. Yes. I don't know how we've not done it so far, honestly. I think that this was going to be part of the two months of found footage month, but we, like, had so many other movies that, like, really fall into that category and no other category, and... We were like, we have to get through these. That like, we didn't have time. We did two months of that theme and still didn't do this movie, <laughs> which is which says a lot about how important that subgenre is to horror. Exactly. Oh, absolutely. And um, I had seen this movie before and so, watching it again for the film. What an absolute treat! Really oh. enjoyed it. And I just want to shout out to so the director is named Oren uh, Pelly. And uh, they, uh, I believe it's a he, yes, he um, directed the film for under $12,000. Wow. Uh, Wikipedia says 15000 but still that's pretty good. And then, of course, I mean, it, was, it was purchased. And so post-production was 200, uh, $215,000. Um, and that's, I think, Universal, once Universal snapped it up. And so, yeah, oh, sorry, Paramount. Uh, Paramount Pictures and Blumhouse did Paranormal Activity. And apparently one of the trivia about him is that they shot this low-budget movie and then when Paramount acquired it, they were thinking of potentially reshooting it with like a higher budget. I'm assuming maybe a famous person. I However, would think. having released it, so that's the production cost. 
really low. And then the box office was um, $193.4 million. And that is a testament to horror as a genre. You give somebody $15,000, they could really make something. And I, to me, I can't think of another genre that can do that. Like, you couldn't make a $15,000, like, rom-com and have it do those kinds of box office numbers. No, I'm sure people are desperately trying to do that. Like, if somebody were to pull it off, my God. That would be a dream. Speaking of rom-coms, and I don't know if I've talked about this movie before, but uh, I recently rewatched the movie I Want You Back, starring Jenny Slate and Charlie Day. Oh, I haven't Jenny watched it Slate yet. and Charlie Day are our Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks, and people need to understand this and just put them in as many rom-coms as possible. Yeah. They're so charming together. They have great chemistry. Yeah. You're rooting for them. They, you know what I mean? The every man, every every woman. Sure. They were perfect in this movie. <laughs> yes. And I, I, again, if you're a rom-com person... I highly recommend. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. I really need to. I keep meaning to, and then I forget, and then I don't know what streaming service it's on, and then I just watch Seinfeld again. And so. even I say this, I, I want to say Prime, I, but I couldn't I think it was tell Amazon. You. Yeah. Okay. Who could know? No, certainly not us. Please don't ask us. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, we always like to have Allison react to the trailer. What are your thoughts about the trailer for Paranormal Activity? So the trailer I watched is, like, more modern in the sense of, like, it gives the story of, like, the people who came to see the screening of the film. Oh, interesting. Okay. So it's, like, it's like that it, like, obviously, it's, sh- it's showing, like, moments of the film, but, like, it's also showing um, night vision uh, oh, reaction shots reacting. of the audience yeah. who are, like, losing their minds. Um, mm-hmm. at, like, and, and, you know, it's obviously a, a testament to how scary this movie is. And, um, I mean, like, I've seen a lot of it. Like, I feel like I know a lot, like... I could, if you showed me, like, a still from this movie, I'd be like, that's from the first Paranormal Activity. Like, I would know right. that because it's, like, pretty iconic at this point. Um, but very scary. And I have to ask, as I do during all of found footage-style movies, this isn't based on reality, right? No, it sure isn't. Okay. It okay. is. Um, fortunately, this hasn't happened in real life yet. Yet okay. I do say Wait. yet, though. We just don't yet. know. And, yeah, this was, uh, as far as I know, an original idea and it's an example of, like, someone could make this movie sort of similar to Hell House, where I think it's, like, this is a very simple idea, and someone yes. could have made a terrible version of this. Yes. But I will say it's very well directed, and, it like, the scares are really well put together in a way that leverages, again, it's simplicity. It's a lot of bumps mm-hmm. and thumps in the night. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you— Nothing is scarier. And I'll talk about the acting, because I feel like the acting, they, like— all actors have limitations, and I feel like Paranormal Activity really plays well into the strengths of these actors. Mm-hmm. And are they perhaps some weaknesses? Yes, but they don't matter because they are there to be your stand-in and being terrified, if that right. makes sense. Yes, so, that does make sense. Um, and then, of course, we always like take a baseline scary. And Allison, I'm just going to go broad with it. How scary do you find the concept of Paranormal Activity? Very, but like what I find scary about it is like the smallness of it. Like, in the, like when I think about like the, I, it's hard not to think about this movie when you say that phrase now, just because it's like so inextricably linked. But I think like there's something deeply scary about like a little thing, a door closing that you didn't close, like finding something in the middle of a room that wasn't there when you left it and no one else has been in that room. Like, that stuff is so, so scary. Do I think that, like, the paranormal plane exists? No. Um, but I think that, like, the ev- the evidence that it does, quote-unquote, in film is a very scary, scary thing to watch. Like, just the little, like, not like a giant ghost, like, flies through a bedroom and, like, murders you, but, like, you see just kind of, like, something move a little bit that, like, can only be explained by something else. Yeah. That's scary. I agree with that. I also do not believe in the paranormal, but it doesn't mean I wouldn't be scared if a bunch of stuff was thumping around at night in my house. Like, I'm not an idiot, you know? Um, and, uh, but there is like, I, I can't remember who had this joke, but it's like, isn't it funny that when people on those ghost hunter shows, they find a ghost 100% of the time? And this is this, too. It's like... This is convenient that, you know, there's this very cinematic ghost haunting these people. And it's obviously framed like it is a real story. It is not. But um, also, I just, in terms of the paranormal, I just feel like we would have concrete evidence at this point. You know what I mean? At this point, I feel like we have the technology. Yeah. 
that we could have sorted out a, a definitive yes or no. And because we have not figured out yes, then the answer is no. Yeah, that's how I feel about it. Listen, I'd be happy to be wrong, I guess. I don't know. I, I don't, wouldn't. I hope I, we're right. I know. I'm like, I, great. We find out there's demons and like dead people no. trapped in some sort of liminal plane. Yeah, I don't want that. No. Anywho, um, uh, uh, before we get started, based on what you know from pop culture and, of course, the trailer, Allison, would you like to guess the twist in Paranormal Activity? Guess the twist. I'm going to guess... Since we know the problem is house, um, or we're presenting the problem as house because it's in this month. I was going to say, um, do we know anything? We don't, for we don't sure, know anything. Um, I am going to guess that someone died in the house and is haunting it, and that person is somehow connected, like through like family generational family crap, to one of the people who lives there. The woman, Love I it. feel. But I feel like I, the woman is, like, the one being more haunted, and the boyfriend is, you know, not believing her. <laughs> I mean, I would say it is um, a tale as old as time that uh, somebody is not believed. And um, let us begin by ruining paranormal activity. <clears throat> we open with, and you know, if you've seen this movie, you know what I'm going to say. My favorite thing in the world, text on the screen. It says, Paramount Pictures would like to thank the families of Michael Sloat, and Katie Featherston, and the San Diego Police Department. It's found footage, baby. Oh, baby. Also, it's like, so that implies the police turned over the footage of this, which is like, why would they? Paramount? Why would they do that? I don't know. Whatever. make a move. I understand we're living in a a fake world within this, but still. Yeah. Um, So we find ourselves, and it's such a 90s looking, do you remember that style in like the 90s where it looks like you're inside an olive garden? Like every wall is like yellow beige. It's got like yes. brown, like yes. um, everything's like, like Tuscan. Yes, it's very inspired. Tuscan. <laughs> yeah, like raw, like like wrought iron brown accents, which like yes. not for me. However, for me, but I know what you're talking about exactly. So we have a young couple, and they are clearly doing very well for themselves. I don't, I've never been to San Diego, but they, this is a gorgeous, like you know, two level house. It's a beautiful block. Um, they have a pool in the backyard. And we see um, one of our characters, Katie, is pulling up to the house, and she drives a convertible. And I'm like, that's all I need to know. They're doing all right for themselves. A convertible in the in the 90s, like in the 90s or 2000s, is, is so indicative of success. And luckily, this is the kind of movie where we, we're getting updates on the, uh, you know, each day we, it is appearing on the screen. So we are opening on San Diego, California, September 18th, 2006. Great. Which is also like a tough fashion, you know, like everything kind of was looking Mid-aughts bad. Mid-aughts is yeah. a disaster. And apparently it's on the way back. I saw a young person, and great, I was watching YouTube shorts, which is not for young people. It's for people like me who can't handle having access to TikTok because it'll ruin my life. Yes. I'll spend too much time on it. They said, here's some things that are coming back. Shrugs. No. And, and then tube tops with maxi skirts, which is like, no. to me, I mean, that's 2003. I mean, no, that's, that is well, just, of course that is, it's back. That is the summer after I graduated from college. <laughs> like, just, that was, like, chic. <laughs> it's and, so I mean, bad. it's only a matter of time before gaucho pants are back, and then, my God. No, Whoa. no, no. It's all over. It's a slippery slope. Um, so uh, we see Micah, who is uh, the boyfriend. Phil, he's filming everything. He just got a brand-new camera. And what, what's interesting is, so Katie arrives home, and she's like, oh, my God, you just got this beautiful new camera. How much was it? And it's like, clearly it doesn't matter because you guys are living large. And Micah says, we're going to need a good camera to film whatever paranormal activity is going on or not going on. So we're starting, it, what is the word, in media rest? Like, we're starting, yes. they already know there's paranormal activity. We are seeing this because Micah, Micah got a brand new camera to film it. I appreciate to get evidence. that. Exactly. Yeah, we, we get it. Drop us in, you know. We came in for this reason and this reason only, so let's get to it. And so the paranormal activity seems to be centered around Katie. And there's a lot of thumps and, and walking around. And Mike is like, maybe it's ghosts. Maybe it's the neighborhood kids are peeping on you, you know. Who wouldn't be obsessed with you? Okay. And Katie says, well, unless they've been obsessed with me since I was eight years old, it's not the neighbors. So we're establishing Kate. This is okay. not something that has happened recently. It's restarted recently. But Katie, as a child... Um, this is uh, her experience. Also, I'm so sorry. I I forgot to make this note at the beginning. It is not Micah, even though it is spelled Micah. It is Mika. So oh. it is Mika and Katie. So I apologize to the Mikas out there. And uh, Katie says to Mika, 
you believe me, right? Like you believe I'm experiencing this. And he does. He's like, I don't know what's causing it, but I believe that you're having this experience. So he's really hot on what can we do to sort of solicit the activity, to get to get it thumping and bumping, to get what sounds like whispered voices. He's like, I do not want to provoke it. I experienced this as a child and it was really scary and now it's back. The last thing I want to do is try to communicate with it or, or ask it anything or, or enrage it. It's like, well, of course, we're 10 minutes into a horror movie. We know you're going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, we also see Katie is, she's very crafty. We see her like knitting and making jewelry. Mika's playing his guitar, just sort of normal everyday stuff. They hear this loud thud suddenly. Allison, it's just the ice maker. Okay. Whew. Um, also, much like in, I'm trying to think, what was it, VHS? Um, it was sort of like when he, was a guy who has a camera and is like constantly trying to get his girlfriend to like take off her clothes. And he's like, yeah, ooh, you right. look real good. Can I get a strip tease? Just, maybe just broad panties, something crazy. And then he's filming her feet, and he's like, you got sexy feet. It's like, okay, we get it. Relax. You know, like, yeah, calm down, dude. Um, so they've been hearing footsteps at night. So they set up the camera at night, pointed, like, it's at, pointed at their bed, and right next to their bed is the open door to the hallway. And Allison, I got to ask, do you sleep with your bedroom door open? Um, I sleep with it closed in the summer because I turn off my AC in my living room and then just, like, only blast cold air into my bedroom to try and not, um, be in debt to Con Ed. Um, Oof, but yeah. I would say that unless someone is sleeping on my couch and it's not like a temperature thing, like most of the year I sleep with my bedroom door open. That's fascinating. I am a bedroom door closed specifically person. I need to have the door there. And I think it's like I would have it open in order to be cool, like to get a cross breeze. Right. But a, a, a temperature allowing, I'm closing the door every yeah, time. Yeah, my, my last apartment, the bedroom was so small that, like, I kept it open all the time just because, like, it got a little, like, suffocating feeling. Yeah. And then here, like, I actually have a very big apartment, but, like, I'm just Rag. used to, like, Rag much. me. I'm, like, a big apartment for New York City. Yeah. Um, but, like, I it all feels, to me, I'm, like, it's all, I'm alone. Like, it doesn't really. Yeah. Or where where are, are the boundaries you? of space? Like. Or are you okay. alone, Allison? So that night, they're filming at 2.08 a.m. We hear footsteps running down the hall and the sound of keys hitting the floor. In the morning, Katie and Mika get up. Katie finds her keys, which she had left on the counter in the middle of the floor. See? And Mika's like, oh, my God, incontrovertible proof that evil forces from beyond the grave are at our home, like, making fun of her. And she's like, okay, I know it's not a big thing, but, like, that is strange, right? But that is strange. Yeah. And then we also see Katie sometimes has the camera, and she says, how excited are you that the psychic is coming over today? And Mika's like, the doctor's coming over, but the doctor's a psychic. And he sort of plays some dramatic, like, you know, like Poltergeist, oh, sorry, the Exorcist horror movie from his computer. He's like, oh, this will make him feel more at home. Okay. So they're, they've invited sure. over the psychic. His name is Dr. Fredericks, and he's running late, which Mika thinks is very funny. It's like, wouldn't he be able to, like, tell there was going to be traffic? Like, wouldn't he know that? And the doctor arrives, and he asks them about their lives. Uh, Katie's in graduate school to become a teacher. Mika is a day trader, who I'm assuming is, like, doing very well for himself. And Dr. Frederick says, like, most cases of what feels like haunting are just very normal stimulus that um, people in distress, like, going through a lot of hard stuff, sort of, Mm -hmm. it takes on a, a, a different meaning. So most of the times I come to investigate it, it turns out it's it's not anything supernatural, but the people who are experiencing it are going through something very distressing. Mm-hmm. So that's why I just want to tell you, I'm, I'm here to just be an objective observer, you know. And Katie tells him that um, her haunting began when she was eight and her younger sister was five. I would feel the breathing wake me up and I would wake her up and I would see the um, figure that would be at the foot of my bed. And it was always at the foot of my bed. It was never at the foot of her bed, but she did see it. And she'd be able to hear and see, like, his, the breathing. So she'd be able to feel breath on her no. body. No, And as well as see the figure. And it was terrifying. Um, and then that house was destroyed in a horrible fire. Luckily, okay. her family all survived, but they lost everything. Every childhood photo, everything. Ugh. But then when they moved into their new home, she didn't experience it anymore. So she kind of was like, I guess I had this experience, but like it was just that house. Unfortunately, it seems like it's back. Mm. And Dr. Frederick says, did they ever determine what caused the fire? 
And Katie's like, they actually didn't. Like, they weren't able to be like, was it an electrical fire? It didn't look like arson or anything like that. But, like, they have no idea what started it. Mm. So throughout her life, Katie has had, she's trying to describe, like, what her experience was where it's like, Lights flickering, scratching sounds, and then in the house now, same thing. Sounds, footsteps, faucets just turn on, and a voice saying Katie's name in her ear. And Dr. Fredericks asks uh, Mika, like, have you heard this voice, you know, saying Katie? And he, he's like, I, I haven't, but I've certainly heard thumps around the house. Like, that's absolutely happening. And the, and the this doctor says... My focus is ghosts and people communicating with them. I think you have a demon, which, of course, is non-human. Dealing with demons is not my area of expertise, and you cannot run away from this. So um, I'm going to refer you, but, like, I don't think it's a ghost. Which, to me, is, like, a lot to lay on people. Like, I say that's a third visit type of drop of information. Yeah. Yes. And also, he doesn't explain, like, well, why why does that make sense? Like, what about what they're describing— yeah. Oh, that's a demon. Because we am like, this is all typical, go- what we think of as typical ghost stuff, you know? Right. Um, but he gives them the name of a, a demonologist, thank God, a demonologist living in Los Angeles. Makes Obviously. Total sense. I mean. Um, named Dr. Johan Averys. And that's, they, a, that's a real demonologist name. Yeah. I mean, his real name was Bill Smith, but he had to, like, dress it up a little bit for the <laughs> yeah, demonology community. Um, right. He's also a magician on the weekends. <laughs> and he's like, just give him a call. He can help you. And Mika's really hot the idea of, like, oh, could we use a Ouija board to summon the, the de- demon? And the doctor says, absolutely fucking not. Like, it, if it's attached to your girlfriend— it wants her. So it's like, right. do not try to talk to it or communicate no. with it. No. Because what are you going to find out? We already know what it is. It's, right. it's something is happening something. To, with her. Which is also disappointing because it's like, he's like, okay, so bye. And it's like, all right, well, they, okay, thanks for telling me there's a, there's a demon here. I didn't really fix anything. If anything, just kind of made it worse. Yeah, we have, we have to live here. And you're saying if, a, if we went somewhere else, it wouldn't resolve it. And I think that's part of what's scary about this. Is that, like, you could go to a hotel. It's going to come with you to the hotel because it's not attached to the house. Sure. And that's a, a lot of haunted, haunted house movies you find out. It's not really. Right. It's, it's not, not the, house. the house. It's yeah. kind of other stuff going on. But, yeah. However, Allison, Katie says, you know, they're getting ready for bed. Like, I'm going to call Dr. Johan the next, you know, tomorrow. And Mika's like, don't do it. That psychic was such a quack. Like, and demons, you really believe in that? It's like you're hearing thumps. And stop moving around. Call the fucking demonologist. Don't be stupid. I mean, give it a whirl. Yeah. At the very least. And then he also does this thing where, like, he has, he puts the camera down and they start to, like, initiate sex. And then Katie says, I could tell the camera's on. So he was going to record them having sex with, like, not her knowing. She needs to, like, leave him. I know. I was like, I, 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 I know what's going to happen, but like, I think to me, that's like the. I, I'd rather live in the house with a demon than somebody who would do that. Somebody that's who tries to up. like, yeah. I mean, I that's. I think a crime. I, I think it is now. I, yeah, exactly. Someone recording you having sex without your knowledge in California. I'm sure it is. Yes. And also, but like, she laughs about it in a way where it's like, I guess 2006 was the tail end of being like. <laughs> Oh, you and what they're talking about is like a crime, you know what I mean, or like yeah, assault yeah, yeah. or that something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was kind of the, the, the just the the end of yeah, the denouement of um, rampant sexual harassment, rape and, culture being acceptable. Yes, I rape guess, culture is yeah. what we really we're truly. Doing. So, uh, so, so night three, and we, and we keep seeing like the different nights as we count I do down. love, I do love like just clear, yes, lower third or Chiron explanations of when and where we are at all times. And also the idea of, like, there's some editor at Paramount Pictures putting this together and, like, be like, well, <laughs> we need to have some... Yeah, it's very funny. So same time that night, 2.08, we hear rattling, and the door of the bedroom half closes on its own and then opens again. They In the morning, they check the footage, and they see the door move, but again, are like, what, you know, is that... That's not going to be enough to, like, prove this is real. And so Mika is fixated on luring out the ghost. But again, it's not a ghost. So it's like, don't, why would you want to lure a right. demon into your house? Right. We hear me, we hear Katie screaming from the other room. Mika runs in. It's just a spider. And the one nice thing that Mika does do, it doesn't redeem him, obviously, but he does pick up the spider and take it outside, which I'm like, you never kill a spider. I mean, if it's a poisonous spider, you do what you got to do. But yes. just a regular spider, you just go out and dump it in the yard. Right. So Mika starts delving into reading about demons and ghosts and, and paranormal activities. And... Katie says to him, like... Yeah, it's definitely not human. Maybe you're right, which is bad, because demons suck. 
Basically, there are these malevolent evil spirits that only exist to cause pain. They stalk people for years, like decades. Decades? And it's like, what the fuck are you supposed to do? Like, horrifying. Even decades. just to get a bad night's sleep, I would just, like, ruin my life, you no, know? No, of course. Katie B is starting to get concerned, and we're only on night four, basically. It's like, she's concerned that filming the entity and even doing this research is going to make the demon mad. I share her concern. Yeah. Mika says, like, Katie, I mean, I'm going to be honest, like, you didn't tell me about this before we moved in together, so, like, I think I get a say in what we do in the house. Now, no. that's stupid and rude, but also I do think Katie should have told him before they moved in. I think before moving in with somebody, like, you need to disclose, like, hey, I know we're about to level up this relationship. I right. just got to come clean. Um, something haunts me in the night. And yes. that's just kind of been around forever, and it's just kind of, like, my thing. Yeah, I think, I, I, I agree. To be fair, it didn't seem like when they were dating it was a problem, so it's like maybe she was like maybe it won't be come back or yeah. you know what I yeah. mean like because it, it doesn't seem like she's been dealing with this all the entire time you know it's just sort of like it, it comes intermittently. So night five, Katie wakes up. She's gasping from from a nightmare. Waking up, Mika. Suddenly they hear a slamming sound, and he grabs the camera before sort of descending the stairs. They check it out. The coast is clear. They go to bed. In the morning, Katie is sort of more reserved and and sort of, um, you know, starting to get really freaked out by it. Yes. And her friend Amber comes over. They're, like, making jewelry together. And Mika immediately barges in to show them, like, this audio recording he captured in the bedroom. And it's of a voice speaking. And it's not a recognizable human language, but you could tell that there is a voice speaking. Mm -hmm. And Mika's like, let me get out the Ouija board. Obvious, of course. And both Katie and Amber shoot down this idea. And they're like, again, the psychic specifically said, don't try to communicate with it. Why would we do that? Yes. And like, even though I'm not going to immediately be like, oh, the psychic is right about it. It's like, if they tell you not to do something, yeah. it seems like valid advice to follow. 100%. So it, we cut to, it is night 13. It's days later. And Mika is kind of like mad that there's been like days of no evidence and even says to her, like, oh, your demon is worthless. And it's like, you do not understand the gravity of what's fucking going on. If you're mad that you haven't been able to gather evidence for, like, a week, yeah. you should thank God this thing is not terrorizing Right, it's like, what yet, a relief. You know? Unfortunately, that night they go to bed. They wake up. Katie here has heard a thud. That's what wakes her up. And we hear a terrifying shriek. And they both scream. And Allison, they do something I would not do. And they run downstairs. Mm-mm to check it out when they've no. heard a terrifying inhuman scream rip no. through the house. Especially an inhuman one. Like, uh, there are certain screams where I'm like, oh, somebody might be in distress. Like, yeah. maybe I can help, even though I can't and I won't. Um, <laughs> and, but, like, yeah. an inhuman shriek, like, no. I'm, I'm going whatever the opposite direction is <laughs> of that sound. That's where I'm headed. Absolutely. Especially knowing what they know. You know what I mean? It's not right. like you're, like, right. having a, a totally normal time. life and right. you hear a scream and you, have to, you want to go check it out. Totally, right. that makes sense. And they go, they run downstairs, but they see the chandelier, which again is like that smooth glass, like a big chandelier, like you'd see it say a cheesecake factory. Uh huh. You know what I mean? And it's swaying back and forth as if something has just bumped into it. No. The next day, Katie's like, it scares me that you don't seem like you're taking this seriously. And it makes me really concerned. I'm afraid recording this is just like making it mad. And Mika's like, what am I going to do? Not film it and get all this cool, I mean, all this very interesting, fascinating shit? No way. Like, he's obviously just there. Ugh, this now guy. he's, like, really into it. This guy. And she says, I'll be honest, it seems like it started to get worse when the camera showed up, so, like, I don't want to aggravate it. And he's like, no, no, there's no way it's the camera. There's no way Mika could know that, but okay. And he does a sound test in the bedroom to try to capture the voice again. When he listens to the recording, there's sort of a low growling noise. Cool. Okay. Allison, night 15, Katie stands up out of bed, we see on the camera, and then turns and stares at the sleeping Mika, just standing stock still for hours. And we see, like, the the recording, like, the numbers like rack up. Yeah, yeah. So it's, like, 1.15 to 3.15. She's standing, staring at him in the dark before wandering out of the room and going downstairs. Mm-mm. Mika wakes up to find Katie gone. And, of course, he grabs the camera to film. 
And eventually he goes downstairs and he finds the back door patio standing open. Allison, what would you do? What would you do? Hmm? What would you do? The answer for both of them is break up. (laughs) I just don't think that, like, either of them should. Like, Mika seems like he fucking sucks. Yes. But also, Katie's got a lot of stuff going on that I wouldn't want to be involved with if I were her partner. Um, Yeah. So, I guess first split up and move out and move into individual living situations. Um. I would get a third party that's not a psychic or a demonologist in the mix. Like, I'm finding a physicist. I'm finding... Ooh, okay. You know, like somebody somebody who studies, like, electromagnetic activity. Like, things that, like... Obviously, now she's, like, being strange, so it's like, let's bring a psychologist. Like, let's get professionals who went to school for things to start weighing in. And, like, perhaps a third party besides them to be awake all night so they don't just have the footage, perhaps somebody could, like, stay awake in the home. Yeah, I feel like um, they're—I think they do a good job making it feel very claustrophobic. Like, this is, like, a a personal problem with our house. But in reality, it's like Poltergeist. You would talk to a psychic, but you would also talk to the the documentary, the paranormal documentarian who comes in, you know? like Right. Yeah, like Sinister. You'd be calling up Vincent D'Onofrio, who's the professor in in demonology again, like— You'd be doing everything you could to research this. And I think what I find so compelling about this, other than, like, the scares and, like, the experience is very well-crafted, is they are just two dumbasses who are yeah. just like, I don't know, like, I Googled it, and this is what I think, and I'm really sticking to it. In a way that it's like, yeah, a lot of people would would approach it like that. Yeah. A lot of people would feel a level of confidence. I think we talked about this, but, like, you know, um, Kesha has uh, a paranormal um, uh, show on Discovery Plus called Conjuring Kesha. And in the first episode I saw, she and Whitney Cummings go to an abandoned prison where they, of course, make contact with a ghost who appears to be trans based on Whitney Cummings' experience. Oh, they also meet up with a, um, like, a Catholic ghost expert. He's not a priest. So, like, who decided that you were, like, the authority? I guess he did. Yeah, I I think in those realms, like, you get to just be, like, I'm the expert, and everybody's right. Like, if you're the only one, right. or like one of five, there <laughs> right. must be so much like jockeying for like who gets for to be like number, number one. one of the four. Yeah. yeah. So, but in that show, they're like, oh my god, there's so much bad energy. Like, there's these evil entities. Like, I oh, there's so much sadness here. It's like it, it's an abandoned prison. Right. Why would you go there if you, you also, believe in ghosts? Then right. why would you ever go to a place like that? Of course, also, you it's don't full need of ghosts to like experience trauma yes. from the past in a place that is filled with yeah. horrific traumas and, like, it, that's not ghosts. That's also just, like, human yeah. history. Right, when people were like, well, you go to a place where something bad happens, you could feel how bad it was. It's like, or you know how bad right. this thing was, and you were experiencing that. And being that there is a emotionally, different. Emotionally, yeah. Like, yeah, you are I agree, and also, and I think, fundamentally, we've talked about this, but fundamentally what I don't like about that idea is, like, I don't want to believe in a universe in which ghosts exist that ghosts of any kind, of anyone who died, would have to be trapped somewhere or right. experiencing pain beyond death or... I, that just sucks. I don't want to believe in that. It sucks. Also, no. it's not real, but I beyond right. not factually being real, I just don't like the idea of, like, that would be horrible. That's horrible yeah. to think about. Um, being alive is hard. And they have to be stuck there in death and like a right. prison. I don't After know. After already having trauma, it's just no. And don't get me started on the prison system. You know what I mean? Like my God. Anywho, don't go to an abandoned prison and try to summon a ghost. No. And in this movie, please, for the love of God, Mika, take this seriously. Take this seriously. Stay connected this winter with this unbeatable deal from BreezeLine. Get reliable, fiber-powered internet for just $19.99 per month with all-in pricing for two years. But that's not all. Your first month is on us. This deal gets better with a free modem and installation along with free Wi-Fi your way whole home coverage. Safeguard your network from cyber threats and keep all your devices connected and secured with this amazing offer. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires March 3rd, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. 
Saving money on protecting your garden. Now at Menards. Messina's Animal Stopper is a liquid repellent that prevents pesky animals from damaging your garden. Available in a convenient, ready-to-use bottle. It lasts for up to 30 days, regardless of weather and watering. Save big money on Messina's Animal Stopper at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals happening now. So, of course, he's taking it seriously now because Katie has gone rogue and has left the house and is outside. So he follows her. Again, always has the camera. And he finds her sleepwalking. And she's sitting in the patio swing. And her eyes are open. And she's sort of responsive, but, like, really in and out of it. And she refuses to go inside and tells him to leave, to go away. And she's sort of staring into the middle distance and he goes to get a blanket. Again, that was nice of him. Okay. And while he's upstairs, he hears a slam. And then the t- TV in the bedroom turns on and it's just static. And he turns to call to Katie to be like, was that you? Is that the slam? And she's standing right there. Mm-mm. Now awake and confused, but like really sleepy. She's like, oh, sorry, are you up too? And just gets in the bed. He's like, what was happening? Were you sleepwalking? Like, what was, why were you so disoriented? And she's like, what? Has no memory of it. Oh, boy. In the morning, they review the footage. She's like, I have no memory of getting up. I have no memory of opening the door. I have no memory of being outside. I literally fell asleep, and then I came to, woke up, standing in the bedroom talking to you, being like, oh, what the hell's going on? Katie is extremely reasonably freaked out. However, she has not called the demonologist yet because Mika is so down on the idea. And I'm giving Mika the benefit of the doubt here because he's like, oh, you know, that's going to make it worse. But the reality is it's like I think he just wants to like I want proof and I want to be like famous or like I want to be this is like a fun adventure for me. And Katie is not experiencing that way. So like now we're seeing like this is the division of like she's clearly really fucked up about this. And he doesn't want to call somebody because he's like, I want to get the footage. I want to get that. He's not saying that, but that's. What we see. And instead of calling the demonologist, which they absolutely should do, Allison, what does this fucking dumbass do? That's right. He busts out a Ouija board. I and mean, not only that, he busts out. not to communicate with it. By Katie, your partner begged you not to do it. And then the psychic who you contacted about this said, do not use it. It is, you do not want to contact this entity. Allison, and that is if that's bad enough. He gets on the Ouija board, and he gets it out. They are clearly about to leave in 10 minutes to go on, like, a date night. Katie is dressed up. She's even saying, like, oh, yeah, we'll go here, blah, 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 blah. She comes into the living room, and he has a she's setting up the Ouija board. If someone was setting up Monopoly 10 minutes before game night, like, date night, I'd be pissed. pissed. I'd be like, you know pissed. we're leaving. Right. Like, we've been getting ready. What are you, why would what we are play you this doing? right now? Now? Like, yeah. The timing is wrong. Everything's wrong. She's like, fuck that, put that away. We've already talked about this a million times. And Mika says, well, technically, I promised that I wouldn't buy a Ouija board. I borrowed this one. That, to me, I'm leaving. I'm, I'm like, out. I'm taking I'm my here. convertible. You're on your own. Goodbye. Fuck that. Goodbye. If I, yeah, I can deal with this alone. Yeah, it's like, I dealing with this is hard enough, and now i got to deal with this you? on top yeah. of it? No. And so she's like, I'm not doing that. He leaves it out. She's like, I'm leaving. So if you are coming with me, then we're going right now. And if you want to stay and play with that, then go for it. But of course, he's like, I'm sorry. And he goes with her, you know, out for the evening. However, he has still set up the camera so that we see in their absence, the planchette start to move on the Ouija board. And it's moving around, spelling something, but we can't make it out from our angle. Right. Allison, the Ouija board suddenly bursts into flames. Again, you hate to see it. You hate to see it. Um, they come home, and Katie sees it and sees the Ouija board's all burned up. And she seems like she assumes this is some sort of weird prank. This is like, you're doing this to freak me out. She's like, Mika, you did this. He it would be hard not to feel that way as yes. her because he's been so dismissive of everything and like thinks that it's all like a dumb joke that like anything that happens would become you know the way we've talked about pranks and other movies where it's yeah. like it's it's sand, shifting sands underneath, like, your reality. It's like, well, now everything feels plausible, but also, yes. impl- like. And then, so we see, like, he he looks at, like, he films the actual Ouija board, and there's sort of, like, the flame is left, like, a drawing on the board, 
And it's sure. and he's like sort of investigating. Like they're both getting ready for bed. And Katie's like, "Fuck that! Do not read that to me. Don't try to like decipher that. I'm not interacting with that. And I'm not sleeping next to you if you are gonna fuck around with that thing." And so she kicks him out of the bedroom, and like he's like, "You can sleep downstairs with the Ouija board if you want." And later he's like, "What do I have to do to get you to not be mad at me? Stop trying to contact a demon with a Ouija board. Yeah. That seems very basic. I I don't even believe in demons or Ouija boards. But I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And if someone, if my partner was doing it, I'd be like, we have to have a Especially talk about after what being you're doing told in the house. Specifically, not right. to. Right. It's like if I'm allergic to cigarettes and somebody insists on smoking in my house, right. that's just disrespectful. Right. And that's not exactly. even summoning a demon into yes. our house. You know. Yes. Yes, exactly. So in order to sort of, like, reestablish trust, um, Katie has Mika give, like, a pledge to camera. Like, I will follow Katie's rules of camera use. I will, you know, only do what, film what she wants me to film. I will not betray her trust. I will not use the Ouija board. And I will not provoke the entity. And it's like, well, I'm sorry. We're in the middle of a horror movie. It's far too late for that now. Yes, yes. So that night, neither of them could sleep. Honestly, it's like we're two weeks in at this point. I wouldn't be able to sleep at all. And I'd be so upset, you know, because of that alone. Yeah. yeah. So they can't sleep. So Mika tries to tell her, like, well, on the Ouija board, you could kind of see, like, where the— And she's like, I don't want to hear about it. Please. Yeah. However, the next day, Mika, he does some research online, and he's trying to decipher— Like, he could tell the letters that the planchette moved to. However, mm-hmm. he doesn't know the order. So he's trying to Google okay. names, and he's like, do you know, like, an Adina or a Diane? And she's like, no. And if a demon's telling me about them, I don't want to get them involved. I don't want to know who they are at all. <laughs> yeah, but she's like, no, I don't know an Adina or a Diane. And you know. You would know if you know an Adina or a Diane. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, look, Diane's couldn't be more like Diane. You know, Right, and if you know an Adina, you're not going to forget you know right. an, an Adina. Um, and she's like, I don't know them, and I, again, I need you to get the Ouija board out of the fucking house. Yes. Amber stops by, and as a good friend, it's like, hey, do you want to come stay at my place? Like, I, I don't really know what's going on here, but, like, would that be helpful? And But Katie says, it's not the house. Like, I had this happen before. I moved to a new house. It's in the, It didn't happen, and now we moved in this house. It's connected to me in some way. Mm. Eventually, Katie allows Mika to run an experiment, but in exchange, she's going to allowed to call the demonologist. They come to an agreement, okay. and you know every relationship is about compromises. Compromise. And so, basically, another thing that Mika does, and you know, again, what they're setting up with this, like being the character in a horror movie who does this, he's like, just chill out. Like at one point, after like they're having this conversation about like her, she he gets to run the experiment, she gets to call the demonologist. He says, chill out, pop a pill. And I'm like, bitch, that demon's going to pop your fucking head fuck off your body. You are insane. What are you talking? If you believe in this remotely, right? the, the idea that her, she should chillax or whatever, it's like, what are you talking no. about? No, no. Pop a pill also? Like, pop go to hell. Pop a pill. <laughs> I'll seal you in hell. Yeah. So what his experiment is, he's putting baby powder all over the hallway, sort of like on the second floor um, balcony, the staircase mm-hmm. balcony, and then, um, you know, sort of all over and he started telling her, like, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to solve this. You're my girlfriend. This is my house. Like, I'm going to figure this out. And my question is, how? Right. What? What do you mean? How would you do it? What are you talking about? Um, so, of course, it's night 17. They wake up at 3.15. There are baby powder footsteps, not just footsteps in the baby powder, but they've tracked it into the um, room. So there are new footprints as if someone has walked through the baby powder and into their bedroom. They're, of course, freaking out. Yes, understandably. And they realize, wait a minute, the footsteps are into the bedroom, but they're not coming back out. So where do the footsteps originate? They walk down the hallway to the source of the footprints, and they find inside the closet, one of their, like, hallway closets, is the door to the attic. And it is a jar. Of course it is. It's a jar, Allison. I thought it was a door. Okay, I'm sorry. That was a dad <laughs> joke. Um, but, like, of course it is. Yeah. Of course it is. And Mika says, I'm going to get the ladder and go up there. And Katie's like, don't do it. Why would you do that? But, of course, he takes the camera, which also has a flashlight attached, and he sort of sticks his head up into the attic, and he sees something sticking out of the insulation. Mm-mm. And he goes up there to get it against Katie's ex- against express wishes. She doesn't want any part of this, and he does it anyways. Unfortunately, Allison, he comes back with a f- burned photo of a little girl. Come on. Allison, <laughs> it's a childhood photo of Katie. Of course it is. Who else would it be? And she's like, that 
there's no conceivable way that could be there in our attic Mm-mm. because, as you recall, Mm-mm. all of her stuff was destroyed in that house fire as a child. Let alone, how did it get into the attic of our current of home? This house. It shouldn't right. exist at all. But okay. she's like, in the morning, I am calling the demonologist. And Mika still somehow inconceivably is like, I'm in control and I'm making a lot of progress. And luckily she says enough to say, fuck you. We need a professional in here. Okay, we got to figure this out. Allison, they make the call and Dr. Johan is out of the country. Of course he is. He's not available. doing international demonology. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Winging his way, all the conferences, the international demonology conferences coming up. He is over Central and Eastern Europe right now. Um, And so they call Dr. Friedrich again, leave him a voice message, and he says, I will come by the next day. So that night, it's night 18, we're on October 5th. And they wake up, of course, to the light going on in the hallway. They hear hard running. Their bedroom door slams shut, and they hear loud banging coming from the other side. They're, of course, panicking. Miko leaps up and throws the door open. But, of course, there's no one there. They creep down the hallway for the door, only for the door to slam shut behind them and then pop open again. Katie's freaking out. She's like, I don't want to sleep in the bedroom. Now, we know, of course, it doesn't really matter. But she's like, please, let's just sleep downstairs. I feel like downstairs has more stuff going on, though. Yes. And, oh, exactly. It's like when they go down there, they hear walking. The doors are shutting there, yeah, too. Yeah, there's, there's always someone down there doing stuff. And yeah. the, that's where the Ouija board was. The, like, it's just... Exactly. So eventually he convinces her to sleep in the bedroom. I'll be here. And somehow he's able to go to sleep. And when he wakes up, she's downstairs on the couch. She's awake. She's exhausted. She's upset. And she's like, I don't, I don't know what to do. Like, we can't sleep. We can't even be in our own home. I don't know what to do. So that day, um, Dr. Fredericks is going to come in the evening. So they order takeout for lunch, and it did look delicious. And they hear a loud thud upstairs. They run up, and there's a photo of them in the hallway. The glass has shattered, and Mika's side is all clawed up. And Mika's like, why is just my side? I know, anyone who knows you, dude. But he's like, why is my side of the photo all fucked up, you know? Yeah. And Katie stops, terrified and says she can feel someone in the hallway with them. And it's breathing on her. And we see this great shot of, we see just like her hair move a little bit in the breeze of this breath. And she, of course, freaks out. Obviously. And he's like, has has anything ever like happened in the daytime like this, even when you were a kid? And Katie tells him, no, it's getting worse. Allison, I gotta ask you, who will survive this film? survive my guess is that both katie and mika die okay because of the you know prologue text on screen about how the san diego police department turned over this footage mika just seems like the kind of guy who would be like yeah here it is so he's probably gone and i think katie is it succumbs to the demons that have been haunting her her whole life um, and I love the idea that um, they are both totally fine and then their their families just turn it over. It's just sort of like, yeah, that's kind of a, a giveaway. Yeah. That, um, that but these I guess two don't more, make it. Right. And again, it's like, why would your family give this footage to Paramount Pictures? I don't right. know. Um, and then what do you think is going to happen to Dr. Fredericks? I feel like perhaps he gets involved but survives and maybe he takes us into the... I know that there are sequels to this film. There or are. Or, like, other um, installments, rather. Yes. So there my are guess is maybe yeah. he um, becomes our constant. Love it. Two. I love it. People think the new fresh fragrances from Glade are fresher than fresh, like artist Priscilla. This smells like houses in the Hampton Champagne toast down in Brazil Smells like anything you think could happen Probably will Explore the new Glade Fresh collection today Here you are BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy And your plants do too Aww, let me just look at the little guy 
Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. So uh, Dr. Friedrichs arrives, and he has the funniest fucking, like, real reaction to a demon being in someone's house. He walks in, and he goes, like, and also this guy feels like I don't watch the, I haven't watched the rehearsal. I haven't watched a lot of, like, Nathan for you. This feels like that kind of actor. Yes, totally. Like, he's not bad, but he's underplaying this so wildly. (laughs) It's in a situation where someone should be, like, screaming, you know? And he's like, what, what does he say? He comes in, he's like, oh. This is, this is overpowering. It's getting worse. Yes, it certainly doesn't like that I'm here, and I cannot help you. What? In fact, I've got to get out of here. No, this no, thing no, is no, very no, aggravated, the fact that I'm here. Everybody calm down. We need your help. I'm not the person to help you. I think I'm doing more harm than good. And both Katie and even Meek are like, wait, 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 don't go. Please, you know what I mean. And, and Katie says, oh, I called Dr. Avery's. He's not available. And Dr. Frieda says, oh, yeah, he's out of the country. But, like, he, as if he knew, and it's like, bitch, if you knew that, you why all, would you tell them that? Also, like, do you all, like, know each other? Like, psychics and demonologists? They're all, like, like are the they sharing slack? a we work somewhere? Like, that's, like, why does he yeah. know he's gone? But he's like, I promise I will help you. Dr. Avery's will be back in the country in a few days. And Mika's like, should we leave the house? Like, what should we be doing in the meantime? And doctor says, oh, that won't do any good. Mm. And then Allison, he just fucking leaves. And I was like... <laughs> Damn, it's like ice cold. Oh, sorry, no charge. You're gonna die in this house. I gotta go. Yeah, it's like it's like I'm gonna make it worse. So you're on your own. Yeah, and and of course night falls and Mika and Kay's just sobbing like just like so defeated and Mika holds her and like comforts her and he tells her we can take care of this ourselves. I don't know why he thinks that. That is incorrect. So things are starting to escalate. It's a uh, night it, night nineteen. It's October six. Allison, at night, they're sleeping, and the sheets next to Katie are lifted as if hands are holding them up. This is in the trailer. And Horrifying. The, and, of course, the hallway lights start flickering on. We hear a tapping sound, and the sound of a low growl wakes Katie up with a start. And she wakes up Mika, and she's like, I can feel him breathing on my face. Like, he's standing right next to me. But Mika, of course, like, he, he strikes the hallway. There's no one there. There's never been anyone there, obviously. And he's like, I could still feel it. He hasn't left. Like, so far we've been having these experiences where, like, something happens and it retreats. She's like, he's still here. Something is wrong. And the next day, Katie sits up in bed in the morning, and she's like, I can feel him watching me. We have to figure something out. Like, it's now it's constant. It's during the day. It's not, like, the pattern is, is, is getting Things are worse. changing, yes. Um, and, of course, they watch the video, and they see the sheet lift over Katie, which is a, kind of the first time it's like, oh, this is thing is, like, capable of, like, moving physical objects. Yes, yes. You know, like... Which is a real... Yeah. Interesting piece of information to gather. And so Katie's desperate, and Mika's trying to, like, do some Googling, and he's like, you know, I found this website. I was trying to find something connected to the Adina or Diane um, connection, and I found this report of this woman who had... It seemed like had the exact same experience as you in the 1960s. Like, she, you know, she was sort of having an intermittent demon experience. And Katie says, well, what happened to her? Was she okay? Girl, no, of course not. No. And Mika's like, well, based on what I've read, like, they tried to do an exorcism, but it, he said, in his words, backfired and made it worse? And Katie's like, how did she die? But we don't have an answer to that. So I don't know whether, in that case, what happened to that lady. But needless to say... Here's a story that's similar to yours. I got bad news. She couldn't resolve it. Nothing good happened, you know? And that evening, Mika is going to Katie, like, I think I have an idea what to do. And Katie just fucking snaps. And she's like, get the fucking camera out of my face. Yes, correct. We are, this is, I'm going through living hell. We both are. Why are you still fucking filming us? Like, this is making it so much worse. And Mika's like, oh my God, chill out already. Let me film you during the worst experience of your life. Like, he's so pouty and stupid or whatever. And she storms upstairs and he yells, okay, go hang out with your friend already. Of course, by the time they go to bed, you know, Katie's sobbing and Mika's comforting her and like, I'm sorry, like, you've done nothing wrong. I swear right. we're going to figure this out. It's like, nah, man, you're nah, not. You're really you not. Suck. So the next night, October 6th, in the middle of the night, Allison, Katie gets physically dragged out of bed screaming and dragged down the stairs while, while screaming for Mika to help her. And he runs after her 
and we don't see it because it's off camera. And they both escape back up to the bedroom and they hold each other on the floor while Katie like screams and sobs. And they go downstairs to sleep and Katie's like, I can't do this anymore. Like, let's just go. Let's just go. And finally, Mika's like, I will book us a hotel. Yeah. At least see. Like, I know that she's like, this has followed me, but it's like, but it wasn't a problem in other places for so long. Like, maybe yes. it's t- like, at least try and go stay somewhere else for a few nights and right. see also, if it changes. If you have the demons there, it's like, well, you can go swimming. You can enjoy, like, a higher yeah. room sheets. You HBO. know, you can get some room service. Yeah, like, enjoy yourself, for God's sake. Take a vacation with the demon if you have to. Um, but he does say, I'll book the hotel, but also, can I film the thing on your back? And she says, okay. And she lifts up her shirt, and there's a gigantic fucking bite mark on her back. In the morning, Mika goes to Katie and says, okay, I've packed us up. I've booked us the hotel. And she's in bed, you know, sort of, like, depressed. Yeah. And he's like, let's go. Let's just go now. Katie is basically catatonic, un- unresponsive. And he sort of, like, you know, tucks her in and puts her to bed, like, okay, she's exhausted, you know. But then later he wakes her up, like, well, we have to go to the hotel. I-, I, already- <laughs> I already booked it, you know what I mean? And then Katie tells him, I don't want to leave. You know, please stay with me. Mika's like, where, where is this coming from? And we've even talking about going to leave. And he's like, no, we should stay. It'll be better this way. And he's really upset. I mean, listen, it's hard to cancel a hotel room and not get charged. So he storms yeah, out of the room. You're definitely getting charged. And he's like, I cannot believe this. And he storms out. And we hear Katie say to herself in a voice that is both hers and sort of doubled with another voice, which is kind of demonic. She says, I think we'll be okay now. And she smiles. And it's finally the last night. It's night 21. So three weeks of hell. October 8th. And in the night, the recording, Katie stands up and stares down at Mika. And we see the sheet separately is pulled off of the bed entirely. And she walks downstairs and then just starts screaming hysterical. So, of course, Mika runs down and we hear him scream off camera, oh, my God. And both of their screams just cut off. And in the dark, we hear this heavy thudding footsteps up the stairs. And suddenly, in a phenomenal jump scare, to me, I saw this in, I think I saw it in the theater. I mean, I saw it at someone's house. It, it, it scared the hell out of me. Suddenly, out of the darkness, Mika's corpse just flies at the camera, knocking it to the ground. And as his body falls out of the way, Whoa. we see Katie, her tank top soaked in blood, standing in the doorway, just staring into the camera. And we see her kind of get down on all fours like an animal and go over to his body and start, like, sniffing it before crawling over to the camera and peering into it. And she smiles before her face transforms into the face of a demon. And we end with, of course, text on screen, baby. And it says, Mika's body was discovered by police on October 11th. Katie's whereabouts remain (gasps) unknown. The end. Wow. Yeah. Surprise. It's a good one. It's a good one. And it's hard to make to make a movie where one person is just totally doesn't understand the gravity of it the whole time. Yeah. But I think they really play it well. Yeah. Like it's just like, yeah, like people don't like, are constantly getting it over their head in these movies. And this one, yes. I think you, you believe it. You believe right, this guy yes. would do this. Yes. It really does all play. Yeah. Like we know who that guy is. You know that that's what that guy would do in those scenarios. Yeah. It, perfect. Um, and then, um, what are some fatal mistakes you think that, um, anyone might've made in this film, Allison? Fatal mistakes. I would say Mika's every move. Yeah. And it seems like, like, obviously, like, the demon has come back into her life and into her body, it seems, but, like, it seems like once they started filming, things got worse, which is, of course, like, for, that's the movie. But, like, right. I do think at filming it at all was probably the wrong answer. And, like, maybe it would have, like, chilled out if they had just kind of been, like, letting it go. Um, yeah. But then, you know, it feels like every, like, there's not much you could do to, like, prevent what happened. Yeah. So Mika should have gotten out of there for his own um, good. And I, I do feel like I wish I could have gotten a little bit of backstory about Mika. Because it's like, I guess he's just so confident because he's just young and successful. He's a yeah, very I, successful day trader. He's crushing it. A young, rich guy. Like, all right. So what, I guess That he guy thought, thinks he can, like, take over the world. 
Yeah, so maybe that, that that's enough of an explanation because I was like, why does he think that he could do this? Right. But again, it felt close enough to reality. Male that it makes hubris, sense. yes. I also feel like Dr. Fredericks is not a great psychic. Like, I understand he was giving them information. I agree. And I appreciate that he has professional boundaries, but you got to have more than one person you could refer people to, especially if it's someone who's traveling, you know? Yeah. Have two um, demonologists in your Rolodex, is what yeah. I always say. Um, and then finally, where would you place paranormal activity on the spooky scale, Allison? A spooky scale. I think that, like, this pulls off that, like, incredible, like, low-budget genius film. Like, I think that this is, like, an eight. Um, oh, great, yeah. Because it's, like, it builds appropriately, and I think, like, having the doubt and, like, the not taking it seriously from Mika, like, does make it scarier because, it like, you are, like, yeah, maybe this isn't that bad, but, like, it obviously is that bad, and, like, just the t- things start small and then do get bigger, and, like, the body at the end does sound, like truly chilling yeah. um, and, like, terrifying. So I, It's an incredible know. jump scare. Well, where I normally don't think that, like, a ghost or a paranormal film pushes me, like, above a seven, just, I, I do think that, like, this one, because ghosts aren't real, but, like, this one's still, this is up there. I think it's an eight. Yeah, I'm going to give this a seven because I, I remember seeing this and, and finding it very scary to watch. And I think this time, obviously, I knew it was happening. But, like, I watched it late at night, and I still had, like, moments so like, not remembering the whole movie. Like, yeah. not knowing what was happening that I think is very—it's just very well done. It's a simple yes. premise, but it's a well-executed one. And yes. to me, that is very, so satisfying. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with a seven on that one. I love it. Well, guys, we hope you enjoyed this, and, and please send us your haunted house movie suggestions. We've got some yes. ideas percolating, but we would love to hear which ones you'd like to hear. Yes, and—, and- if you have not yet and you are so inclined, our Patreon is up and running. There is fun stuff in there. We mentioned it earlier that Resurrection is coming this month. Um, we've got bonus movies. We've got, you know, you get your tickets to the live show if you're in the $20 tier. Ad-free early episodes. There's a lot of stuff going on. So, like, if if you're loving the pod and you want more, um, go to patreon.com slash ruinedpodcast and uh, join us there for more stuff. Um, yeah, and until then, please... If you would. Um, say hi to Mika. Yeah. You know. In the afterlife. Yeah. In hell. <laughs> no, and, I'm uh, sure he, he did his best. His terrible best. And then. Um, um, but please. Keep it spooky. spooky. Bye. Bye. Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder. Recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. Your home is your place of peace. It's clean. It's welcoming. (sighs) And it's definitely not crawling with invading insects if you use Ortho Home Defense Max. Use it indoors on non-porous surfaces to treat and prevent cockroaches, spiders, and ants for up to 12 months. So your home can stay your place of peace, your work-from-home office, and your family's headquarters. Kill bugs inside, keep bugs outside, and love your home. Visit ortho.com for more.